0: Well, actually, this is as real as it gets. This is Nash Gruner, the son of Olivia Gruner, and you are listening to the UCW Radio Show in your face. The number you have reached,
1: 911, has been changed to a non published number. You're listening to UCW Radio
0: in
1: your face. Give to me, baby. All right, welcome to the UCW Radio show and uh, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, you know how the show goes. We bring a lot of inspirational people on the show to share their story. And these stories are of amazing people doing amazing things, and today is no different. Okay, I want to bring on Logan Aldridge onto the show because his story, you got to hear. You got to hear. Logan, thank you for being with us. How are you?
0: What's up? It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This oh, is awesome, man.
1: Thank you for taking the time. You know, I, 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 and I, I told you this off air, and I'm going to say it now, when, you know, you and I connected on Instagram, you know, this is yep. social media world, right? And when I saw you in action, I was impressed. I said, you know, there's a story behind this and we're going to tell it one day and I couldn't wait for that day to come. I wanted to make that day happen. So this is what we're doing here. Why don't you give us, give us a little backdrop on, on, on yourself? Because, again, I think your story is is inspirational.
0: Well, first of all, yeah, thank you. Honored to be on the show. First and foremost, I'm just a freaking dude who's obsessed with fitness. So all your other guests are way more qualified than me to be on here, but I hope your listeners can appreciate uh, my perspective, my story and the message Uh, I'd love to share with you all. Um, So yeah, a little bit of background on who I am. Uh, I'm Logan Aldridge, born in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, I lost my arm in a boating accident when I was 13 years old. from there, I've become what is known now as the fittest one arm man on Earth. Uh, that has been a long journey since the age of 13. I'm 29 years old now. Uh, at the end of the day, what I believe most in is that human beings are far, have far more potential than we believe or know, uh, than we'll ever know. I've experienced this in my life, and I've experienced this with countless others who I've worked with. Um, who have defied the odds of cultural, cultural societal, and just literal physical expectations. Um, so, that's sort of the, the paraphrased version of me, who I am, and what I do, but thank you for the opportunity to get on here and, and tell your listeners and tell the world uh, a little bit about Logan Aldridge, what I do, um, and what my company, Adaptive Training Academy, is doing to, to affect change globally. All right. Um, but so well,
1: with- I'm going inter- to, I'm going to interrupt you for a second, because, Please. you know, I, we're going to, we're going to talk about your, 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 your company. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about your fitness. Uh, you know, you said that they're more qualified people. Yeah. They're more qualified people. Maybe that, that, that workout that, that are professionals and bodybuilders and power lifters. That's all well and good. You know, on the UCW radio show, we bring on the best of the best uh, as far as the motivational part of the inspirational part. You're an inspiration. I need to clear that up. So you are, oh, I that, appreciate you, it, yeah. you are in that class. Don't, 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 don't downsize that. Okay. Now I appreciate Yeah, no, no, no worries, man. I, I wanted to ask you something because and yeah. I'm sure the listeners and the viewers want to hear this too. You know, when you lost your arm, okay. You know, that, that, that's a life changer. You know how, how did you at 13 years old? How did you handle that?
0: Yeah, great question, and I appreciate you saying those kind words and calling me a, a true inspiration. Uh, I think I have a, a certain type of mindset, and that has dictated the outcomes of my life since uh, losing my arm. Um, but <laughs> I say the things I say about me being, you know, pretty normal, and just a dude, because I want the people listening, I want the viewers, the people who see me on Instagram, and say. Oh my God, what an inspiration. How can you lift all that weight with one arm? I want them to realize that they're capable of doing all this as well. Mm-hmm. Like I am just as common as anybody else viewing this and saying to themselves that they can't, they absolutely can. Again, it reiterates they're far more capable than they believe, but to go back to my accident and what happened and how I have the perspective that I do, you know, it really comes down to this specific phrase that was said to me as I rode in the ambulance from the boat after being on the boat with tourniquet around my arm, blood everywhere, I get into the ambulance with my mother and I, my arms laying across my body. I can't feel it. Uh, I basically, you know, it's been sutured around. It's been just cut basically around my upper arm, um, a, a tight tourniquet and it's laying across my body and I'm riding this ambulance and I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's I'm 13 years old, Saturday, just finished up day on the water wakeboarding. I like are supposed to be eating dinner and I am supposed to train tomorrow morning. Cause I wakeboarded competitively. I wasn't doing it for fun. Rick, I mean, I enjoyed it. I loved it. But I rode to compete. I rode because I wanted to be a professional wakeboarder. And at a very young age, I took it very seriously and trained. Uh, And that's what that day was. It was a training day. Um, The accident happened, rope wrapped around my arm, caught in the propeller. We get into the ambulance. My mom is there in the ambulance with me. And I turn to my mom. I say, Mom, thinking about the outcome, thinking about like all of this craziness, what's happening? just realizing that this isn't a dream, this is real. And then I turned to my mom and said, mom, what if, what if I lose my arm? Like what if they have to chop my arm off and they can't save this thing? Um, And she looked at me without skipping a beat and said, Logan, it's just an arm. And granted, that's my mom in a parental mindset and mode, probably trying to calm herself down, probably trying to say a phrase that makes her be like, holy crap all right how am i how are we managing this all right first and foremost it's just an arm let's make sure he survives mm-hmm. but as soon as she said those words to me as soon it was as soon as it was positioned in that in that regard where Logan, it's just an arm if you live that's pretty good you know that kind of gets implied there right, right. it immediately switched from the part in my brain that is saying what if why me what's going on this shouldn't have happened immediately switched to oh well, it is just an arm. I do have another one. Uh, I guess I should be pretty grateful if I don't die. As long as I don't die, there's there's pretty, there's pretty a lot of positives and silver linings in this situation. Mm-hmm. That's a blunt way to put it. But I just like to reiterate that people always ask, you know, at 13, how did you have the mindset and the perspective to view this accident in the way that you did? And 100 percent, it comes down to that phrase for me. And that phrase is relevant to anybody, everyone in life. Right now, as you're sitting at home, losing your job, losing your business, this freaking pandemic and all this craziness. This is just mindset shifts. Right. For me, I'm so fortunate. It was a simple phrase. I have a visible thing. My arm got freaking chopped off. It's super easy for me to say it's just an arm, no matter where I am. Today, in today's day, you know, you know, 17 years later, I might be doing something in the yard and get really frustrated and mm-hmm. wish that I just had my arm there to do it. And all I have to do to myself is say, you know what, Logan? It's just an arm. It's just an arm. Figure it out, and, and these are the and worries you that your mother
1: brought to you. Where, you know, most you have most people that would panic and say, "Oh my God, oh my," and, and so worried about you. You know, and of course, she was worried about you and she was scared. She held it in. She had to be strong for you. She had to yeah. be strong for you, and that's what she did. Kudos exactly. to your mom. That's a mother, and I love it. And, and yeah, give her a hug for me because when you hear those words, when you're at you at that that pivotal moment in your life when something life changing hits you, what do you do? How does it work for you? What's going to happen? Should I cry? Should I be strong? What should I do? And you're looking to your mother for those words to get you through it. And she pulled it out, pulled it out and put her stuff behind her. And that's great. Completely. That's great. Completely. And that, that helped you to get through it. So now you, you went through it. They, they, you, you, they, you lost your arm I mean, you had to have things going on in your mind as far as what you were going to do. There had, right. had to be it, a point that you said, "You know what? Screw this! I'm going to get back in the gym, train. I'm going to start doing my. I'm going to start doing whatever I want to do. Best, pick up where I left off." So, wh- what was that point that that happened for you?
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly how it went. You know, I was so fortunate to have. I, I'm I'm privileged, man. Like I'm privileged in how I grew up. I went to a phenomenal private school. Uh, I just I lived a, a very fortunate life growing up, and when this accident happened at 13, uh, everyone from my school, the teachers, the my fellow peers, they were all in the hospital mm-hmm. to support me. And I think that's a lot. That's a big part that gets overlooked. I don't talk about that often because people say, how, "How do you have this mindset?" Because I'm so fortunate, man. I'm so blessed beyond belief that I had all these people that were there to support me, encourage me, and reiterate, Logan, you're the same guys you were before. And we're here to help make sure that that's how the world sees you. My biggest fear was being deemed as this handicapped disabled kid. Wow. I'm, I was the most active, craziest, like into adventure, into extreme sports amongst all my friends. And then this happened. And all of a sudden, I was so fearful. All my friends were like, oh, he's disabled now. Let's help him open the door. Let's help him do stuff at school. No, no, no. So for me, it was immediately after getting out of the hospital, going right into football training camp. I mean, against no. doctor's orders. No. Uh, I went right into summer training camp, football training camp. And frankly, it was more than the fitness. It was for the people. It was to go be around my friends. It was the environment I was supposed to be in that summer. Right. And you know, I spent half of the summer in the hospital. But as soon as I was out, I was back there. And what ended up happening is they my, my sutures broke. It was disgusting. I had to go back to the hospital and get it get more bone amputated. It was ridiculous. But that was me. That was important to me. Like right. I have to go be active and I have to go be social with my friends and my peers.
1: G- giving up wasn't an option for, for you at all. No,
0: not at all. And your friends didn't say- let
1: you go in and, and wallow in the depression, wallow in the oh, woe is me. They were like, you know what? The hell with that. Now we have an opportunity to beat you where they couldn't do it before. And they yeah, still can't exactly. beat you, probably.
0: <laughs> no, it was it was the greatest competitive environment for me yeah. to be in. It was all the crap talking. It was all the friends being friends like on the it. field as they should be. Right. And that was so important to me. And then the first day of school started, eighth grade. Hmm. Eighth grade started, you know, and it's middle school. So you've got sixth, seventh, eighth grade all in the same building. And I come in and I know and I, know, and, and I realize, you know, rumors get spread, words get said. You know, you hear about the accident and it gets twisted by the time it's to the fourth person, it's like somebody thinks that I chopped my arm off or something, you know, something crazy. So I recognized this the first day of school and I asked the principal, I said, can you bring everyone into our conference room? Like we have a big like morning meeting room, brought them all in there and I just got up in front of the sixth, seventh and eighth graders and I said, hey, a lot of you know me, if you're in my class, you know me and you probably know what happened over the summer, but uh, some of you don't. I'm Logan Aldridge, here's what happened. Here's what happened and here's what I think about it. I'm the same dude as I was before. I'm gonna to try to do the same things I did before. Do not belittle me. Do not baby me. Do not hold a door open for me. If you were gonna, you know, shove a, a, a bro or a friend in the hall, treat me the same way because I'm gonna treat you the same way. So don't view me differently. Don't view me as less than or less than capable of. I'm gonna do some things a little differently, but I'm gonna do everything that you all do. And that's how and that I said that. that but time. that was
1: your mindset at the age of 14 at that point?
0: Right, right. I mean, that was really for that age. Honestly, I think it was fear, man. I think I was, I was too, I was too terrified of the idea of being viewed as this incapable, disabled person. I was okay if that was going to be the outcome. I was okay if I could never play lacrosse again. That would be okay. But I was not going to just say the expectation is a one-on person can't play lacrosse, so I'm not going to play lacrosse. No, 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 no. I'm going to try put in blood sweat and tears until I am 100% confident that there's no possible way for me to play lacrosse. And that was not the case. I played right. lacrosse really well. I was all conference and all state junior and senior year. It's so no problem. And you just got to freaking want it. You have to work. You have to, it's all work ethic and how much right. how many hours you put in on the practice. Right, right. right. I became laser focused on dexterity, coordination, I spent every bit of the waking day after I got out of the hospital, and if I wasn't in some physical training camp, playing ping pong, of all things. <laughs> ping pong, because I was left-handed, just lost my left arm. And I said, right. all right, I can put up the other side of this ping pong wall. I don't need anybody. And I can sit here for seven hours and just ping, 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 ping. And it's not about the act of ping pong. I love ping pong, but it's not about ping pong. It's but it's, it's about recognizing used to that it. I'm gonna have to do things differently than everyone else in order to be just on their level. Not to be the expert, not to be the best, best at, at all of them doing it, but to be at their level, I'm going to need to have such work ethic and development, physical and mental, um, that this is just the new, the new me, the, new, the way it's going to be. Uh, so that's what it was. And I would say the moment that my, my peer group, my world realized that like, holy shit, Logan is about to do more things with one arm than he did with two, was uh, an actual a pretty surreal moment. It was the one year anniversary of my accident. We were back at the lake, at my lake house, on the boat that I lost my arm on. I brought all of my friends, all of those friends that were visiting me in the hospital and that were writing me letters and supporting me throughout the whole year of recovery, brought them all to the lake. Now, I'd been wakeboarding a few times before that, since losing my arm. So I, I'd been on the water a few times. When my friends hadn't seen me ride. Mm-hmm. And here we are, 365 days later, on the same boat, in the same lake, where the event that took my arm and I'm with my friends and I go ride. And over that whole year and before losing my arm, I've been trying to land one trick and it was a backflip. It's called a tantrum on a wakeboard. You hit it on your heels and you flip backwards like that. I've been trying, and never landed it with two arms. And on that day it was the first time I landed it. And it was in front of all of my friends on that boat uh, with one arm. And at that moment, it wasn't about the trick. It wasn't that the trick was so hard and that was such a monumental thing. But it was the expression. It was the expression that Logan is going to do something he never could figure out how to do with two arms, Mm -hmm. now better with one. And then that led into me putting together a run, which is like a session on the wakeboard, how many tricks you can put together. That was pretty competitive. And that competitive run was enough to qualify me for an international pro-am competition. Nice. I went on to that competition in Orlando at 14 and came in third place against adults. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was my personal. adultery. Okay, with, with all their body parts. Yeah, yeah. Able-bodied yeah. individuals. Yeah. And yeah. so that was my version of, all right, Logan is back. And and truly, like I mentioned earlier, um, we're far more capable than we believe. We have no idea what we're really capable of, our real true human potential. And I got to witness this in some of my own goals. Mm-hmm. And then that just continued to snowball, man. It's just been that way. And And, and I don't want this to come across to listeners as like, I'm, I'm I'm cocky or overly confident? Not at all. I'm my worst enemy. I'm the one who tells myself, "Logan, you're not fit. Like you're nowhere near strong enough. You you're not doing enough. You're not helping the community." Mm-hmm. And I'm my my toughest critic. And I I do these things and the momentum and confidence came from literally just just exceeding what the world, what the culture has told me people with one arm should be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the narrative I'm on a mission to change with my life. Uh, not about people with one arm, but about any any perceived limitation you may have. Mm-hmm. Whether it's um, too overweight, I can't go do that. Whether it's, yeah, I don't have my legs, I can't participate in that. I'm in a wheelchair, I can't I can't try to do that thing. No, 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 no. You can and you should do any and everything that you wish to do. Doesn't matter what your perceived limitations are; you're more capable than you believe.
1: No excuses. No excuses, no matter what. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and look and look at, the, look at the things you've done. And you, I mean, at 14, you were competing against adults. And as you got older, you got heavy into fitness. And I want to know when yeah. that transition happened for you, because you were competing. You you were competitive uh you yeah know, and, and then you went wakeboard yeah so what you know what was that transition for you
0: yeah well so you know as i laid in the hospital bed i had my brother bring a, a grip training device uh-huh. one of those you know just the metal the metal coils yeah. with the two handles on it uh-huh. i mean i would lay there at 13 years old scrawny scrawny 13 year old i mean, I was skin and bones and i would lay there and do 100 reps until i literally couldn't and then i couldn't like hold a cup of water to drink but I would do that because I was in ICU for two and a half weeks right. and I knew that my life forever is going to be this arm. This arm is going to need to be the strongest one arm, the most conditioned one arm, the most mobile one arm, most functional arm that there is if I want to do the things I did before. I started messing with those little like Chinese meditation balls while I was in the right. hospital because I was like, okay, this is this is dexterity. This is good. Uh, these are little things. So my mind was in it. The, the, de- the moment the doctor said, Logan, we got to cut your arm off. I was like, all right, what am I going to do? to make this arm the strongest arm it can be. Immediately, first thought. So the mindset was always there, but definitely wakeboarding, what is wakeboarding? Hold on to this handle in front of you with both your arms usually, and ride, and and carve, and edge, add tension. And I knew, I said, when I go to wakeboard, I'm gonna lose my grip strength in the first five minutes of trying to ride. Mm -hmm. So everything I did in my waking day was learning dexterity, agility with this arm, and grip strength, that's all it was. And I also knew in lacrosse, What is lacrosse for one arm? I'm gonna have to throw this stick, manage the stick with one hand, throw and be able to shoot, be able to shoot fast. Cause I, you know, I played on a uh, travel team and I played at a pretty elite level in high school and and had full intentions on continuing to do that. So I knew strength development, uh, being fit was gonna be a priority for me. And like I said, just to be on the level of everyone else, not to be the best, but just to be at their average level. So, you know, it doesn't sound like in my early stages, fitness was a priority. That was because I, I used it in sport. I used it in wakeboarding. Like wakeboarding was my fitness and yeah. my training wakeboarding was-
1: Wakeboarding was your life because you, you yeah. loved it that much.
0: Right, yeah. right. And you know, when it was off season, I played lacrosse. And so like I had plenty of conditioning happening. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I graduated from high school and went off to college and I continued to wakeboard on a collegiate club team and, and do that stuff. But it wasn't until that moment when I thought, it's now time to really like build my body, mm-hmm. build my body with fitness, with real strength and conditioned training so that I can be prepared for just life. Cause like after college, I'm gonna go be an adult. And if, if I know myself, I'm gonna wanna be doing a lot of active, active things as an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just knew I was gonna need to take fitness seriously. Throughout college, I had a good group of friends that like liked training. So it was super easy, you know, just go hang out with bros and crush it in the weight room. Uh, fun, fun environment to be in. Right. it wasn't until graduating college when I realized that and in college I studied business and specifically within business I studied supply chain management okay. and uh, business application of additive manufacturing so 3d printing uh, I was fascinated with that and I, I brought that independent study to my university so that I could dive into the b2b side of it for okay. um, orthotics and prosthetics okay and my exposure to O&P and that technology additive manufacturing was uh, really fascinating to me and so I graduated uh, actually went to work for uh, I know you're a tech guy uh, yeah. I went to work for red Hat here oh, in Raleigh okay. yeah. uh, open source uh, IT enterprise company yeah. yep. uh, worked for them for about a year and while I was with them I, I saw what was I saw my future my life you know mm-hmm. I learned this stuff in school added manufacturing really passionate about it mm-hmm. uh, I'm an amputee I went through the whole process of prosthetics and orthotics they weren't for me I can talk about that later but like I knew that I could be a good representative to the amputee population. And so I thought, here I am, I'm gonna go implement this technology and also be this like liaison that guides this person to like, here's what you really can do. Mm-hmm. So I was at Red Hat for about a year and I realized that my my future at Red Hat would be a, a very financially rewarding one, a great one. But I, I saw every day of my life played out. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna come here at this time in the morning. and I'm gonna leave at this time at night. and. I just that's that can't be my life I that can't be me so I left on the best of terms with red hat but I was like I've got to go dive into this thing that I'm incredibly passionate about mm-hmm. And at the time I thought that was implementing technology solutions for orthotic and prosthetic practices as I got into those practices and I started to see the patients and remember I'm, I'm, I'm in Raleigh North Carolina mm-hmm. and I know this is a national problem but it's just it seems to be heightened here The patients we were seeing were not people like me they were very rarely traumatic incidences it was type 2 diabetes it was chronic illness Mm -hmm. and there was no need there was no the solution wasn't in making a better fitting socket or prosthetic for this person Mm -hmm. it was behavioral lifestyle changes it was health and wellness they need to be educated on so that is when about six months into my consulting company doing well i dropped it all i said you know what this technology will get adopted in this practice, how it should be. I don't need to try to be the management of bringing this into O and P here. Mm-hmm. I've done what I can in the past six months. I've got some great facilities using it, so they're off and running. And I switched completely to becoming laser focused on fitness, health and wellness. Because I saw, have no you, background
1: in that. You, you saw a problem, but you saw a potential solution. Yes, and,
0: and you're, thought, you're a
1: solution guy, and and I see yeah. that with just coming, you know, from losing your arm and still being competitive, and doing all you did, and then just shifting to go into business, and then you work a Red Hat and doing all this stuff. You know, you're not you're not resting on your laurels. You're not sitting there, you know, looking to be a a desk guy. You're looking to do more, and and it hits you at some point. At that, point, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and that's exactly right. You know. I always just thought I could live a life of service. Like some some reason there's a reason this happened to me. I truly believe losing my arms, best thing that ever happened to me in my life. And I believe it happened, a higher power, whether you want to call it God, whatever you be, whatever whatever religion. I just believe this was the intention for me in my body on this earth. Right. I was meant to have something happen that was a physical change to my body and so i could show others that you can be confident and comfortable in your skin regardless of how it's perceived or looked uh, from others Mm -hmm. Um, and that you can pursue whatever it is you're passionate about and so for me you know i thought that was to be that guiding person in the orthotic and prosthetic industry but you're exactly right i got there and i was like oh man this person comes in loses part part of their foot a year later they come in and lose their whole foot two years later they come in and lose the other foot and their physical body doesn't change at all. Type two diabetes the whole time, just getting worse and worse. And so you're exactly right. I said-
1: But stuff like that is reversible.
0: Yes, and you know what? There's a lot of cases. I've got a lot of examples of reversing that for people by doing the fitness. Yeah. And And so that's, yeah, I went full in. And if you know anything about me, or if anyone takes anything out of this about me, is that I get obsessed when I find something I'm interested in or passionate about. I mean, I refuse to let someone else know more on the topic than me. And not in, a, not in a way of like elitism and wanting to be smarter or better than anyone, but like I just, I will always view myself as a beginner. So I'm always trying to learn from someone else or from the failures of someone or from the successes and continuing trying to surround myself with people like that that I can benefit from. So um, when I decided that I, I was going to approach this from the fitness, health and wellness side, I went all in. I mean, I joined immediately joined a CrossFit gym just cuz in my mind and from my, you know, understanding of CrossFit at that time, I was like this is the hardcore version of fitness. And this is the hard it's the unknown. It's the unknown. Every day in CrossFit you come in and there's this workout that they've written on this board or whatever and you've got to do it or you've got to figure out how to do that version for yourself. That fascinated me because I always like a challenge. I like to be told, "All right, Logan, how are you going to do it?" and have to figure it out. Uh, And that was the stage in my life where I was ready for those challenges daily. So I went to a CrossFit gym and I said, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to walk in here every day and I'm going to try to create the best version of this workout for someone with one arm. And it only took a couple weeks of doing that where I was like, oh, how how do I make the best version of this workout for somebody in a wheelchair? Okay. How do I make the best version for this workout for somebody who's an above knee amputee wearing a prosthetic? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I just the wheels started to turn, and I became obsessed. I became a fanatic fan, running around Raleigh, North Carolina, finding people with disabilities and being like, come. Come with me. You've got to come with me. Come into this gym. I don't know how to do it, but let's figure it out. Like, I am your guy to figure out how to put you on a path of health and wellness, I promise. And people trusted me, at least. Maybe they trusted my, my passion and energy, yeah. uh, but they came in.
1: Well, that and we you to have, you have passion with anything, and you, and it and it shows people gravitate towards that because they get inspired. They're like, right. you believe it that much. I gotta, I'll roll with it and see where it goes. And when you do yep. that, all of a sudden, you know, you you saw it in one person, and you build and build and build, and look at you now, and you're not even close to to scraping where you're going to go. And that, that's the beauty of you coming on the show. We're talking about this today. We're going to, you know, in two years, you're going to come back on. You're going to say, oh, no, I, I, I was always I with Joe Rogan. I don't need to talk to you, Lou, but thank you. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> you know, no but, way.
1: But the, but the awesome stuff that, that, that you've done and, and how that passion is like, it's just it's just resonating from you. It, it, I, I feel it just here and we're far away, but I see it. I see it in your eyes. I hear it in your voice. And I can just imagine you approaching someone and they think that, hey, you know, you're some nut job, but guess what? You just brought them something that that impacts their lives for the better. And that's what it's about. That's your motivation.
0: That's what I always say. You know, I always say this whenever you teach a course or at our graduates, especially when you talk about this population, trying to help people with disabilities get more empowered. Mm-hmm. No one cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And if there's one thing that I express well, it's an extreme passion for this, for this mission. Uh, And I think that's exactly what you said. You know, Uh, I'm so passionate about it. And people are like, well, God, this guy cares this much, then I'm sure he'll figure out, the material and what to know we'll figure it out together because he's so passionate about it and, you didn't and that's how to, you get started man but you didn't go to
1: school for this or anything but you learned you 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 actually it was on the job training pretty much exactly you know yeah and honestly it- i
0: mean i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but like that's the way education should be that's the way you should learn um not i i, I have a lot of friends and fellow professionals that are kinesiology majors exercise science backgrounds all of that we've had You know thousands of people professional personal trainers with all those backgrounds all the accreditation take our course Mm -hmm. and it's all information they've never seen before it's all a different perspective and different principles and application that's never been talked about before um so i wish i did in hindsight 2020 right like i wish i could go back and actually have that exercise science background but i've read those books i've read all i've I've read the ACE personal training manual. I've read all of the, a lot of the curriculum from exercise Mm -hmm. science, kinesiology backgrounds. I've taken those online courses through universities. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't have the major, I don't have the piece of paper but I am unwillingly dedicated to obtaining knowledge and learning. So I would consider myself just as you acquire knowledge
1: as you go along, reading the books and things like that are important. Yeah. You don't have the degree to put on your wall, but you have the knowledge where you can have an intellectual conversation with someone on the topic. And they're like, wow, you know this, but I had to go spend 150 grand, 200 grand, a half million dollars on that education. But you ha- you have that knowledge now, and you're incorporating it, it into what you're doing. But you also understand where they're coming from, so you're able to put it together in a way that they get it.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, I, I'm a fan of that the Gary V mentality of like, you know, education is important only if it's important for what you're trying to get done. You know like I, honestly if i wanted to tell people uh, you know who are considering going to business school i would say start a business don't go to business school start the business you'll learn more about how to run a business and the the economic of running a, your own small business than you'll ever learn in business school yeah, uh but you know we all need that
1: piece you know i'll i'll just give a, a boxing analogy if you go and you read and you look at all these magazines you read all these books you see watch all the fights you see mike tyson doing his thing hollyfield everything else you see all these guys doing it but you've never done it and, and you think that you know how to fight until you get hit and then you're yes. like oh my god that's what it feels like, but after you get hit, it's okay because you know what it is to get hit, so you can keep going along. So that 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 um, that life experience is so important, and I wish more people would do that. That's why you know entrepreneurship, because we're talking about your life, but you're also an entrepreneur, and that's what makes it even you know more interesting because you built a business, which is you're building an empire for the future. And now we're we're kind of going into that deal. So tell us about Ada. I want to hear about your organization.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and to me, it's like, it's, it's all the same, like Logan Aldridge and what Logan Aldridge is as a, as a person who, I mean, I'm talking about myself a third person, but like Logan Aldridge as a brand and an influencer on social media and the mission behind what he's trying to do is what adaptive training Academy is doing. So ATA, yeah. Adaptive training Academy is company. I co-founded with, uh, My partner lives out in San Diego. He's a former uh, medically retired naval officer wounded Mm -hmm. off uh, in a uh, uh, piracy boarding accident off the coast of Somalia. And um, together, yes, we have started this organization, Adaptive Training Academy. And the reason we've started and what we are is we're an education company. Mm -hmm. We certify fitness professionals, trainers, and therapists on how to work and implement training programs for any version of any disability. Uh, and this came about very organically. Like, you know, again, my, my background and my story is in CrossFit. I dove into this CrossFit stuff and I was like, I'm going to do all of this. I want to become the best one arm CrossFitter there is. And I want to bring in more people. And CrossFit's just a brand, CrossFit's mm-hmm. a product. And it's a great one. It, it is one that I love. But I understand people have a lot of personal opinions about all that. So if you take the brand out of it, all I'm talking about is functional fitness that, doing that movements that translate. Training. Functional training. Yes. That's all I'm talking about when I mention that and ATA at the core of what we preach and, and practice is the importance of functional training. Mm-hmm. And now, we I can talk about this for days when it comes to able bodied individuals and how important it is. But the subset of people with disabilities living with some version of an impairment, it is even more critical that they utilize as much functional training, functional movement themes mm-hmm. in their fitness as possible it has a direct translation and correlation to real-world task accomplishment quality of life and independence Mm -hmm. which for people with disabilities is the spectrum that we're always trying to move more towards Mm -hmm. it's not so much about the sick wellness and fitness continuum spectrum it's more about how do we get them to independence quality of life better work capacity and task accomplishment so we do that First, within CrossFit. CrossFit saw that people like me were getting in. I was aggressively recruiting people to come in to the gym and start working. And if there is one good thing that CrossFit does really well, it's, it's their education. They, are, uh, they do believe in pursuing excellence in the quality of the education they deliver. Mm-hmm. And they realize that a lot of their gym owners and coaches that were coming to get their level one, level two, level three, they would ask this question: Say, hey, we have someone in our gym in a wheelchair. Uh, and they, we like, we're trying to give them good workouts every day, but we don't know what we're doing. Like, are you guys going to develop a course or education around this? Mm -hmm. And that's when CrossFit headquarters realized that I was doing what I was doing. Alec, my business partner was doing what he was doing out in San Diego, working with the Navy Balboa medical hospital, helping more wounded vets get into fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, so we all got together and a few other individuals that were really active in this space, growing this adaptive space got together and developed curriculum. We developed a, a real thought out curriculum on how to help CrossFit gyms implement adaptive training principles and athletes, because it was the, the theme was already there. Functional theme was already there. It was all about functional movements, mm-hmm. which was the, the base of what we do. And then from there, we realized as we started working with CrossFit, and they're sending us all over the world doing the seminars, we had people who could care less about CrossFit that were taking our course. Because they were a physical therapist and they were interested in the difference between rehabilitation and then what you do once this spinal cord injury individual is now back into civilian life in the real world. What kind of training should they be doing that increases their functionality and quality of life. So. In that example, you know, we look at things like for a seated athlete, like we do burpees and CrossFit and functional fitness, because that's the one of the most functional movements there is for all of the time on this earth, we will need to be able to get up if we fall down. That's, that's what a burpee is getting up when you fall, whether you're 78, or whether you're 17, or whether you're eight, you need to be able to do that. Sure. Now, when we talk about disability impairments, and for this example of someone in a wheelchair, high paralysis in a wheelchair that is their version their version of a burpee is being able to get out of their wheelchair sit onto the ground and get back into their wheelchair mm-hmm. you would be shocked at how many seated athletes or i call them seated athletes people in wheelchairs no, uh, I, often, I like
1: that terminology because my yeah, brother was, was also you know lived his life in a wheelchair so i like that right. version better
0: yeah that's what it is and that's yeah. what we, we're all about the empowering phrases uh-huh. so we refer to everyone as an athlete if they're doing fitness training but that person, their ability to transfer out of that wheelchair is just as critical as us being able to get up off the ground. But unfortunately, more often than not, they do not have confidence or comfort in being able to transfer in and out of that wheelchair. So when you take someone, a seated athlete, and you give them the ability, you give them the technique and the protocol, and you, you, you put it into fitness practice, how to get in and out of their wheelchair, you have drastically changed their life forever. Not only confidence, but literally independence has changed forever for them. Uh, And that is true functional fitness for somebody in a wheelchair.
1: And and I think you're you're doing more than that because you're taking someone that outside is the guy or girl in a wheelchair. You're bringing them in there, and they're like everyone else. They're an athlete, but they're a seated athlete. We're on the same playing field. That's a mental
0: game changer. And that's great stuff, the core of what we do like our key phrase behind adaptive training Academy is empowerment through education. Mm -hmm. That is the heart of why we exist. We're not an actual, we don't have a physical location. We don't have a gym where we train people. Mm -hmm. No, we are the educators. We go around the world and we do it now through our, our online course and we certify people in order to get the certification. Obviously you take our course and in our course, we're not giving you a manual. We're not telling you, Hey, if it's back squats and you've got somebody in a wheelchair, have them do this. Mm -hmm. No, instead we're teaching you general principles and how to apply this to any sort of impairment, condition, uh, just limitation that might be expressed. It might be a temporary, you might have a ACL surgery and you just need to train around that temporarily impaired leg. And you get all those principles and all of that knowledge, the appropriate risk mitigation throughout our course.
1: And, and, and within understanding our course your body a lot better. Yeah. Because yeah, you're exactly. the, the mechanics of your body. You mentioned it earlier with having, you know, with your arm, flexibility, dexterity, everything else. You're understanding how your body works. So maybe you're not going to be that guy that's 60 that can't get out of bed. Okay. Right. If you understand you, you train as such, you can be, you know, active your whole life, but not in, in a way. Cause I see a lot of people and they're like, Oh my God, I got to work out today. Bull crap. You shouldn't have that attitude. You should want to cause you're able to. Well, that's, okay. that's uh yeah. And don't that's worry about it. If, if your dog barks, it's fine. You know, I love dogs. No, no, no. I was just
0: brightening my, I was brightening my screen. All but no, that's right. something we talk about all the time. You just, you just said it. I talk about this. I give, I've been a professional speaker for 15 years. I give a lot of motivational speeches. And one of the things I talk about is a vocabulary game people can play to create that it's just an arm moment for me. Nobody, you don't have to work out. Nobody has to work out. Nobody has to do anything, but you get to. And once you switch that word from have to, to get to, it does the same thing that it's just an arm did for me. It switches your mindset. There's no, Oh, I have to work out. It's, Oh, I get to work out. And if you say it that way what your brain starts to say is wow i'm pretty grateful that i have my body pretty grateful that my body is kept cap- pretty grateful that i have the ability to go do fitness so it's just an abundance it's an abundance switch and you recognize abundance in your life you it's become grateful
1: it's a mindset and, yeah once you change that mindset it changes your view on everything you know and that's right. why i mentioned that because to me you know people ask me how do you you know, get up at four o'clock in the morning. How are you training every day? How do you do this? You know, why do you do it? I I don't do it because I have to. I do it because I want to. I, I do it because I'm able to. And thank God I'm able to because that keeps this clear, you know, yes. and allows me to do the things that I'm doing. And, you know, what what you guys are doing with that empowerment, you know, for for people that that may have, and I, and I don't even want to use the word disabilities, but they have impairments that that they they have to work around because they can make they can be the best version of themselves physically, and that translates to making yourself stronger mentally. And that's the exactly. beauty of what you guys are doing.
0: Yeah. Just to again to you know to put a definition behind it, you know, exactly like you're saying, you don't want to call it disability. And and you know, there is medical reasons we have to refer to that term often when we're talking about certain conditions and whatnot, and there there are disabilities. But the vocabulary we use in our course and when we're working with someone with a disability is they're an adaptive athlete. An adaptive athlete, and how we define that is just someone with a permanent physiological or cognitive impairment, which affects your which causes a limitation Mm -hmm. limitation however that may be whatever it may be may not even be visible may not be able to see a limitation Mm -hmm. but that limitation is observable and measurable through movement so Mm -hmm. through squatting you'll realize someone has a fused ankle you don't notice that if you're standing here As soon as you ask them to squat and that heel lifts up and their hips shift then you're seeing that happen in real time so the limit so they have this impairment Mm -hmm. and it causes a limitation which is observable observable and measurable Mm-hmm. Which affects their work capacity. Mm-hmm. So you're only an adaptive athlete if this is a thing that is going on that causes some limitation here, which affects your ability to produce outcome. So to produce you know work capacity, whatever that is. Accomplish because this. Most task. people
1: over 30. So there you go. Right, I
0: was about <laughs> to say it's probably most of our population sure, if you really sure. if you really get down to brass tacks and think about it. Sure. But what we've now done is we've created this empowering term in a very practical way. I don't care if you are an exercise science major, kinesiology, you know nothing about fitness. Now you understand this term through that definition. And that definition instantly makes it make a lot of sense if you're a trainer and someone in a wheelchair rolls through your doors at your gym, at least if you have that definition, You're not what I like to call coaching paralysis, Mm -hmm. where you say, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to do, you're in a wheelchair, I've never worked with someone, I don't wanna hurt you, what does your doctor say you can and can't Mm do? Just all of this mess starts to happen. And you forget that, first of all, they're a human being. You go up to them and you say, what's your name? And then you just get to know a human being. But secondly, when you think about this, you go, okay, there's a limitation here. They're in a wheelchair maybe have a conversation to better understand mm-hmm. are they in a wheelchair because they choose to be maybe they can ambulate and walk around but maybe they're spinal cord injury with a complete you know that like spinal cord is completely severed and they're paralyzed so they have to be in this chair mm-hmm. this is a conversation you have and then obviously the limitations present if they're like yeah I'm complete spinal cord injury or even incomplete okay you're not walking you're in this chair this is how you mobilize and then you ask them to do things. What is, what can you do? What are you confident doing? And they'll tell you, well, you know, I don't, I can't get out of my chair. Transferring terrifies me. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Now you've got a place to start. You're starting to think about how they perceive their limitation. Mm -hmm. And then you ask them to do some tasks, whether that is, Hey, can you hinge forward and pick this five pound plate up off of the ground in front of you in your wheelchair? Oftentimes they cannot do that because you don't, you don't have the, the core muscles, the back muscles to hinge back up. But there's all this stuff, techniques that we can choose. So that's just my way of like simplifying what often is when people hear about us and what we do, and it seems like this overwhelming thing. No, we break this down, this knowledge, when you take this course is broken down in a way that is immediately applicable uh, and practical to your environment or to your situation and, and how you'll take it. And the course is for able-bodied people. It's uh, I not that, for the adaptive. I, I, I
1: think that a lot of people uh, that they they see someone come in and they're in a wheelchair in a gym and they're working in the gym they get scared they don't know what to do yeah so yeah. not knowing what to do yeah. and you're supposed to be a professional and not knowing how to handle it so how do they handle it they dismiss it they treat them like an object as a per as opposed to a human being i remember i was and i'll share the story with you With everyone actually i was working at the uh, at a gym one day And I'm 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 like throwing a big weight, and this kid comes in in a wheelchair. And I I don't know what his situation was. He's rolling, he's trying the machines, he's he's putting himself in and out. And I said, "I'm looking at this kid and I'm training and he goes and he goes by the bench and he has the dumbbells and he's like he's he's, he's trying to push and everything." And I got so damn motivated in spite I went to him I said I said, "You can do this." I stood there with him for the rest of his workout and helped push him. I didn't help him, I helped to push him and he was so happy that I treated him like he was a human being like he was one of us and i said you are and anytime you need my help i'll spot you don't worry about it this is what you guys are bringing to the table and that's what's going to help these trainers these you know you have a lot of, and i say it a lot of professional trainers that really don't know how to train and that's a problem and you bring something to the table that can help them to be functional trainers and be really good at what they do and actually help people beyond just grabbing a dime to go train somebody for a half hour and sit there on your phone. It's a lot more than that. And you're you're changing lives. You're changing lives, Logan. I love it, I love it, man. Well, thank you, thank
0: you. I'm obviously quite biased, but uh, regardless of where you are, regardless of your intention to work with people with disabilities, to work with adaptive athletes, our course makes you a better trainer. Mm -hmm. 100%, it just makes you a more thoughtful trainer on how to customize and create programs Mm -hmm. that maximize the benefits for the individual.
1: And I need to say this with your training, you know, for trainers that are out there that that are learning, you know, you're learning something on a computer, you're taking whatever course, but if you learn, if you train differently, then you can help more people because you may see someone that may be in, the, in great shape, but maybe there's something missing and maybe you can add to it because you understand the mechanics and how things work and they can be right. a better version of themselves, whether they are – Uh, an adaptive athlete or not, but I think in some way, shape or form, we are all adaptive athletes in some way, shape or form. We have something wrong with us, right? So (laughs) we're not all Tom Brady. We we
0: can't try either. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it though. I think for too long, we've been trying to fit as, and I say we able-bodied individuals, you try to fit into the protocol of what is maybe implemented for one person. So a training program that is good for one person is not good for the next. Mm-hmm. Now all we've done within this subculture of people with disabilities, that's even more obvious, right? Mm-hmm. A training program for a one on person is definitely not the same for somebody in a wheelchair. Sure. But generally speaking, a good trainer, a great trainer knows that for all humans, mm-hmm. right? And that is the principles that you gain within our course is how to really look at someone and develop something that is customized and thoughtful and intended to make them have the best experience and the best return on their fitness. And that's whether you're working with someone one on one or in a group. Because like a big part of what we educate you on is how to be an inclusive trainer. And inclusivity is key to the mental health of these individuals. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a lot of mental health that comes from the actual exercise, but also the socialization, the just the ability to network and talk and be a part of a group uh, is really important and to feel like you're included. And not when everyone's going for a run, you're in a wheelchair over here doing this thing. No, you you are included in that group. So it's more of just the actual fitness program. It's also the psychology of the trainer-athlete relationship that you get throughout our course. And, you know, you're exactly like this. I get so fired up about it because this organization, ATA, it's going to be around long after I'm here. And have we not created this platform, then I can do what I can do in my lifetime. But then that would, that would be hard to hand off, hard to... To transfer. You transfer.
1: You, you have you have a purpose though, and, yeah. And that's the key thing. You have a purpose. You 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 have what happened to you. You utilize that at, at a later stage after school. You utilize that because something hits you and you're like, "Wow, I can do something. I can impact lives. I can change people's lives." And the way you have it, if you're training. If you're training these trainers or giving them the, the, the tools, and I always call them tools, for them to be better at what they do, you're talking about inclusion. You're talking about attention. You're talking about really being in tune to these people. When you have inclusion, you can take someone that may be heavy, someone that may be, you know, they can't walk properly, back problem, knee problems, they're in a wheelchair. You're saying, you know what? doesn't matter what your problem is. I'm like the Statue of Liberty. Come to me, and we can, be, we can do this together. That is what you guys are doing. I love it. I mean, this is great stuff, man. This is yeah, great. Thank stuff, you. You know. Thank you. And, and I think that more and just anyone, any trainers that are listening, you know, check them out because the reality is, if the more tools you have, the more valuable you become to other people—not financially yeah. only, but in their lives. And if you impact people's lives, you have a fulfilling job not a job, a fulfilling career. You're doing something that's helping other people and you're making money doing it. And that's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to live, but you're impacting lives for the better. So there's a payoff. So people will go and gravitate towards that. So Logan, you know, your story is amazing, and you know we, we went into some stuff. We're going to have another uh, show with you. We're going to bring you on because you're going to be doing some amazing things, and we're going to talk further about this. But what I want you to do now is let people know how to find out more about your organization and you know your social media and everything. And just before you do that, I want to let people know that – Check him out on Instagram, man. He's there with the bands and the weights. He's doing this stuff. I'm telling you, man, one day I wasn't feeling up to it. And I said, ah, and I went. And I. And then your video came up. I said, man, I don't have an excuse. I got to get out there. I got to do my thing. And that, I mean, but you, that's what I'm saying. You inspire people. So people, you know, got to follow Logan on Instagram. He'll give you all his details right now. Yeah, the floor is yours. Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, yeah man, you're, you're exactly right. Um, any of the listeners, if this topic has piqued your interest in any way, even if you have nothing to do with training, you've never been a fitness professional, the best part about our education is you don't have to have any experience or background. You could just be interested uh, in this information. This education is for you. These tools are relevant for you. It'll make you a better human being at your own approach to fitness or as you encourage others to get involved. If we really want to affect change, um, then we need to buy into this. There's a bigger bridge. Like you've said, I'm trying to solve problems here. Mm -hmm. The problem is access and inclusion. And what I mean by that is there are 61 million Americans living with a permanent physical disability. That's one in four people. Why don't we see one in four people at the gym, at the grocery store, out and about in life with a wheelchair or expressing seeing some sort of physical disability with them? We don't see that because our world, our environment is not set to be inclusive to them. There's barriers of entry everywhere they go. So if we really want to affect global change, it starts right here in the United States first, and it starts by the able-bodied individuals adopting this and making this important. Once this is a priority for them, it's a priority for the people with the disability to get into fitness. They'll never make it a priority to say, I'm going to uh, approach every barrier of entry financial, psychological, feeling like I'm a burden on them, feeling like they don't have a safe program for me, Uh, we cover all of that. And then we also put you in our trainer directory to give you direct resources to the VA and to other places that have a massive pool of people with disabilities. If you want to learn more, you can go to our website, ata.fit, super easy, and that's Adaptive Training Academy. Uh, You want to learn more about or see some action of what we're doing, yeah, follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is at Aldridge Logan, it's my last name, first name and also follow Adaptive Training Academy at Adaptive Training. On there you'll see examples, uh, countless examples of individuals and course graduates implementing this stuff and truly affecting change. Um, that's what we're here to do. Uh, this organization will be around long after I'm gone and the the mission of this is to make it no different when you walk into a gym or you roll into a gym. There's no difference seeing somebody in a wheelchair bench pressing versus somebody else bench pressing. Pure inclusion is the goal.
1: Love it. Love it. Logan, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story. We're going to have you on again. We're going to talk about other things because what I want to do yeah. uh, is bring on a few other guests. We're going to come in here together. We're going to talk about adaptive training, and we're going to bring people on here that maybe you've, you've helped. Bring them on here and let them tell their story too. I think that'd be pretty cool, and we're gonna do some great things. And for you, the listeners and viewers, you know, check out ata.fit. Check it out. Uh, go to Logan on Instagram and and see what they're doing, man. They're doing great things, and uh, yeah. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hearing Logan's story. And we're gonna be back with you with with some great guests. We always have to try to have the best guests. And you know, Logan, you said it in the beginning. I'm gonna correct you once again. You say that there are. More qualified people in fitness to be on here. No, man, you are the qualified one, and I love the fact that you came on here, and I appreciate you, man. I really do. You're, you're doing great things. Uh, but just hang Thank on with, here. hang on with me. Don't leave. Uh, and we're gonna be back with you on the UCW Radio Show for another episode. So just uh, make sure you tune in.
0: Initiating sequence. in your face. What is your major malfunction? All that be written.
1: So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.